We're unabashedly obsessed We've got to get it off our chest Please sit there and be quiet Hey everyone! Hello! Welcome to Unabashedly Obsessed. I'm James. I'm Erin. On our show we like to talk about things related to pop culture. And not so pop culture. This week we're kind of doing... Sometimes we do things that are like, uh, you know, this is the popular thing that's going on and people are thinking about all the time. And then we do episodes like this where it's like, what else are things that we like? I mean, we kind of time travel in this one, right? I yes because this was pop culture back when it was a thing I I would actually be very interested in learning what sometimes I imagine being in England and like it mostly happens with music but like the ambient pop music that you don't pay attention to like in stores or whatever uh-huh it has to be different in England when we honeymooned in Ireland almost 10 years ago, I heard Katy Perry's Hot and Cold yeah. like seven times a day. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah and, that, and that was the same over here. Right. But the rest of it, I didn't pay much attention to. I only paid attention to that one because it got, I mean, it was, it was the wonder wall of my honeymoon. It sure. was just right. so pervasive. Right. I wonder, like, so, okay. But I wonder if there was a song that if you lived in England and you were, or if you lived in Ireland or whatever, mm-hmm. and you, and it was just, that was your day to day, what would be your, you know, song by, I can't, I can't think of a generic enough name, whatever. What would be that? Or like, what would be your T, like, is the IT crowd like the good place? When yeah. it was when it was on and new and whatever, right? It was like, oh, this is the thing that all the cool people watch, right? Or that people enjoy or whatever, and it has a, a good following. Or is it like, yeah, this is a sitcom. Some people that's on. watch it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. So I, th- British it, listeners. Yeah, uh, if you if this was on the telly, I think I'm saying that correctly. <laughs> when you were. We, I think I'm still talking correctly. Am I? I mean, you're saying words that are real mm-hmm. words. I don't know that anybody w- should be watching this as a, a we one. No, no. Well, yeah, but if you if you are if you have experience about UK programming, um, even if you aren't, if like you live there or you did live there or you know people that live there, or whatever, let us know on the Facebook group Unabashedly Obsessed with Unabashedly Obsessed. Early plug. Yeah, you know, plug early, plug often. Gross. Yep. Um, or plug with re- regularity, I guess. Also gross. Yep. Grosser. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd really like to know like what is the context of this in terms of general like television programming. Yeah. So we're talking about the IT crowd today. The <laughs> IT crowd, and and there was an American version, right? Uh, there was an, at least an American attempt. Okay, I and think it had um, Joel McHale, Joel McHale, and Moss. It had Moss playing well, the same character. Playing Moss, yeah. Okay, Richard Iowati. I don't think it made it past like a, a, an episode or two. Oh, 
I think what they were doing, what they were thinking was, hey, The Office is big. Yeah. Let's see what we can do with other British shows that are like that. Yeah. What other offices can we bring over from England? Yeah. We have IT crowds here. Yeah. I think it's um, like a 2005, 2006 sort of situation. 2006. Yeah. So this was... Four series of six episodes each. And then apparently like a movie? Plus one special. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, BBC programming. Yep. Specials. They're not episodes. They're specials. They're specials. That's why they're special. So we're going to put them separate. Uh Uh-huh. Because they don't count. Um, I'm assuming it came at the end? Yeah. Okay. As far as I understand. Okay. Um, I I don't know when. I, I know that at one point I was all watched up. Series 1 was 2006, Series 2 was 2007, Series 3 was 2008, Series 4 was 2010, and the special was 2013. Interesting. So they skipped a couple years, brought it back, skipped a couple more years, and brought it back. So interestingly, it started after The Office had already been imported over here, because Season 1 of The Office was 2005. Yeah. So interesting. Okay, so it stars Chris O'Dowd. Yes. Who... uh, I. Okay, check my work here. Most famous for Bridesmaids in America? I guess, but I tell you what, after watching this, I'm having a really hard time reconciling that. Yeah. He's, he, um, he was in Frequently Asked Questions About Time Travel, which we yes. covered on this show. Yeah, I mean, like, he was good in Bridesmaids, but he wasn't Roy good. Well, and I mean, like, he was... Oh, he was nominated for a Tony in 2014 for his Broadway debut in the play adaptation of Of Mice and Men. Who did he play? I don't know. Let's find out. Has to be George, right? He played Lenny. Huh. Lenny is the Gary Sinise character, right? No. Oh, no. He's the... John Malkovich character. Oh. He's the... You know, t- I can, tell me about I can, the rabbits. I mean, like... I can see it. I can see it. He's not a big it. dude, though. No, but he's got, well, I mean, he's not, like, he's not hulking. Siri, how tall is Chris O'Dowd? Six foot three. Okay, so he's... Okay, he's as so, tall as me. Yeah, so he's so, he's a tall guy. And and I feel like I could play Lenny in Of Mice and Men, so Yeah, well, and I'll in the IT him. crowd especially, he kind of does, like, the slouchy shoulder, like... Yeah. Can you look up Moss? Because they, they're roughly the same height, if not Moss being a... Although Masa's hair could could add to the height That's thing. true. His hair is tall. Sorry, future Six hair. two. Yeah. Okay. So roughly the same height. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, I mean, basically, I've seen him on this, playing him playing Moss, and then he's on... In England, they have um, the... It's, like, it's not called Really Big Show, but it's like... It's something like end of the year pop cultural kind of quiz show okay um noah fielding uh richmond is on okay. it a lot um and richard iowadi 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 he basically it seems like he's basically playing himself yeah um and then it, it has jen who is played by Catherine parkinson parkinson cool um who the only other place i've seen her is she plays a reporter in the first episode of season three of Sherlock. Oh, the one season of Sherlock I have not seen. Yes. He is, it's the first episode where Moriarty is like 
dead but not dead. Okay. Um, basically, Sherlock is being framed, and she plays a like a reporter who like basically tries to trick him into revealing something. You know, it's it's Moriarty's trial, and Moriarty basically like fakes like he's like Moriarty doesn't exist, and he was this being played by this actor. Okay. John, Jim something or whatever. Okay. <clears throat> Actually, Jim Moriarty, so not Jim. But like, and she is writing the expose. I'm using air quotes on okay. that. So she's a pawn in the game, of course. But like, of course. I was like, Jen, what's going on? And <laughs> Haven't seen you in ages. Yeah, exactly. So basically, she gets hired at this company and gets sent down to the basement to be the relationship or to work in the IT department. She gets hired without a position in mind for her. Right. Like, they bring her in, and she's like, great, I'm so excited to start. What do you want me to do? And they're like, oh, um, how about IT manager? Yeah. She's like IT relations manager. She's like the liaison between the IT department and the rest of the company. I think that's basically what the the job she crafts crafts for herself. herself. because yeah. she's, I actually really relate to 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 her. I got, I was a, a rising star in one department in my in the chemistry lab I worked at. It was great. I should have been head of that department, and the guy that was head of the department left, and then I got made head of the department of another department that I'd never worked in before. Oh, how did? Okay, not great. I was gonna say, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah, it it it. Uh, I guess they were sort of like, you're great, run this. So it didn't work out well. Um, everyone yeah. in the department was nice. And the person that basically I was taking over for, I was taking over because she was getting moved up to be like QC person. So like okay. our boss sort okay. of deal. So she kind of held my hand through it. But like, it's tough to be a supervisor in a department where you know the least. Right. Um, and so I think Jen basically was like, all right, what can I contribute? Right. They don't need a manager. They need a relationship manager. Right. Because the IT department consists of Roy, played by Chris O'Dowd, Maurice Moss, goes by Moss, played by Richard Iowati. Yeah. And... Secretly Richmond. Richmond, the goth guy who lives in the closet. Yeah. His whole storyline is just so weird. Like, his whole existence on this show doesn't make sense and doesn't add anything. I like him. It's an excellent performance. Yes. Actually, so I, I told you before we started that I had a note yeah. that I had to go back and retcon. So my note was, I kind of ship Richmond and Jen. Okay. And then the dinner party episode happened. Yeah. And that ship sank real hard. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, real hard. Just yeah. sank into the depths. I think you're supposed to ship Roy and Jen. And there have been a couple moments where I've been like, okay, I could see. Like, there's one moment where he, like, puts her in a cab and you think yeah. they're going to have a moment that he slams the door in her face yeah. and walks away. Yeah. And he's not, like, being a dick about it. He's just completely clueless. All right, see you later. Yeah. Jen is a character who I either love her or I find her really irritating. Okay. Like, the episode we just watched. Yeah. When they were playing air gu- or playing uh, Guitar Hero or Rock Band or whatever it was that they it's were Guitar Hero. playing, yep. and she was like squealing, yeah, I was like, "You need to stop." Yeah, that is a character choice I do not agree with. Yeah, but 
then there are other times, like her whole interaction with Douglas. Yeah. Where I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like it was perhaps a directorial choice when she does things that annoy me. Yeah. I, th- I feel like it's the director trying to get her to ham it up as opposed to her. Right. Because she does, like, it's just such a complete shift in the character. Yeah. I can't imagine an actress making those choices to play the same character totally differently from moment to moment. Yeah. Her, her humor style is the understated reaction. Which is my jam. And, and she's and she's she and she's excellent, excellent at it. Excellent yeah. at it. When they try and make her be the silly one, uh-huh. It it doesn't really work. It would work and that's not to say women can't play it. And that's no, not at all to say that. Yeah. She this actress knows what her what her wheelhouse is. Right. And when she is in that wheelhouse, it's she's excellent. And when she's not, it's at best weird. It is weird, and I feel like it it telegraphs as though she knows that it's weird and is uncomfortable with it. Like the whole episode where Moss makes the miracle bra, the yeah. ag- abracadabra. Right. And she's in that meeting, and the bra is overheating. Yeah. And she's just like flapping her shirt and yelling, my tits are hot, my tits are hot. Yeah. I felt like she recognized the absurdity of the thing and felt uncomfortable in it. I think her kind of understated, dry comedic style is more in line with my own. Yeah. And the, t- and the type of comedic roles that I prefer to play. Yeah. And so I get, I mean, I may have been telegraphing some of my own, like, I would not want to be in this scene right, right. now. Right. But. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to start with, let me do this. Let me let me do an overarching statement, and then we can maybe go from there. And I want to get into your notes too, because I, I again I didn't take any notes because I had seen yeah. this before, and and I felt like I could I could basically. I think I may have said all of my notes. Oh, okay. My notes were. Well, I definitely want to talk about season two, episode one. Okay. You, you you wrote me a message about that, and then I watched it, and I was like, oh yes, okay. I wrote you. Oh oh, that was the the, the movie theater. theater. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't a movie theater. It was the right. theater. The theater. theater. Right. Right. Overarching thing. This show is very cartoony sometimes. Yes. In a way that works about, I'd say, I'd give it about an 80% of the time. That's what I was going to say. Sometimes, like, okay, in that last episode, because we, we just watched the season two. Well, by the way, we're only going to be discussing seasons one and two. Yeah, that's all I've watched. That's yeah. all I had time to watch. And actually, we had to watch the last episode after James got over here tonight. Yeah. Because I didn't have time to get caught up to it. And I apparently today. was falling asleep when I was watching it last night. So it was good. Yeah, because was... he had no memory of the way the, the I watched, episode I, ended. I watched four episodes last night. So like, oh, okay. I was like, yeah. Um, good, good episodes, though. Um, With the exception of that one. With the hand thing. When he stuck his hand in the thing yes. and like was screaming, they cut to the ambulance and whatever. Right. That was basically a Simpsons scene. It they the cartoon that I'm thinking of that they're constantly being is the Simpsons. Right. I think. That or when Jen was basically doing like a Russian emigration that thing. That was that whole side plot was so weird, so right? So weird, and I'm sure it was referencing something specific. It had to have been, I think it was, if anything, it was referencing just the genre of like Russian 
there exile. Were, there were some shots that made me think that it was parodying a specific film yeah. that I have not seen, so I don't know what it was. Yeah. Like, it was definitely parodying the the whole genre of Russian peasantry. Yeah. But I don't... Yeah. I, f- I feel like there was something specific that they were going for, and I just wasn't getting the reference. Which I feel like is a Simpsons thing. I feel like this is... It, there's, there's some debt to the Simpsons on this. Um... That maybe just be my bias, right? But I really feel like there are some times when I'm like, "Oh, whoa! Why is this being so, like this is being super cartoony?" Yeah, which I think works a little bit when the right people are doing it. To to this point, the bosses. So they change bosses basically with the season one and two. I think Douglas is there for at least one more season. Okay. Um. I think I may have only watched seasons one, two, and three because that may have only been what was out when I was watching it. Okay. The first boss was Denim, Renelm, I think. They would call him Renelm and Denim. Denim. Yeah. But like, de- like D E N H A M, not Denim like jeans, but oh, okay. like Denham. I thought it was Denim like D E N H O L M like. Oh, it may have been that, exactly but it was, but it was not Denim like jeans. Right. Right. Yeah. But. Yeah, they so, kept switching back and forth between what what they were calling. Him. Yeah, I kept hearing them call him Denim, but then they referred to the company as Renum Industries. Yeah, and I was like, "What? What? Why is my brain?" I think confused? his name was Denim Renum. That is the worst name ever. Cartoony, but like so cartoony that it Looney kind of, Tooney. Like it's yeah, yeah. Um, he was a Looney Tunes character. He yes. was basically British Yosemite Sam. He was great, and I loved him. Um, the ca- I did okay. Let me let me clarify that. I did not love the character. The character was fine. The actor was fantastic. He was in excellent. That role. He was a stage actor. Has to be a stage actor. What yeah. he was doing was stage acting. Yeah, he knew exactly when to pause for laughs. Yeah, on film and like TV film, stage actor. That's exactly how you want. It can go. Like, I think it can go pretty bad. Yeah. But he was exactly what you want in like. Oh my god, this guy is so freaking weird. Yeah. Um. He hammed it. He he hammed it up in the way that you have to for the stage. Yeah. Just enough without pushing over into, but it doesn't work on camera. Yeah. I mean, he just he. There's a sweet spot there, and he hit it perfectly, and I. Like, I got so excited every time he came on screen. Yeah. Because he, he was so good. He was excellent. And the thing that I think they lost... I want to get back to my favorite scene with him. But okay. the thing I think they lost with Douglas. And I think Douglas is a different kind of really good. Yes. The thing they lost... I don't like when the boss hits on... I Yeah. The That's ma- the one, al- of, one of my notes is a lot of the problematic stuff in this show. Right. And we'll dive into that later, I think. Yeah. Because that's a whole separate section. But... Denim, Renum, <laughs> didn't do that. Yeah, no, he didn't at all. He was so full of himself, he didn't need to have... He He could have done all of his scenes completely solo, and it would have been fine. I would watch a one-man show with that, char- that yeah. actor playing that character. Yeah. My favorite scene is the shoe episode. Okay. Where Jen is walking around, and... The Japanese investors are there, and he's given them the sword. <laughs> and the Japanese 
guy is in the in the Doc Martens and accidentally stomps on her feet, and uh-huh. she's like, "Ah, oh, you!" F-, and it yeah. like bleeps it. Yep. And it cuts to the next scene, and he's like, "Well, f- thank God Nick was here, or whatever the guy's name was, with the sensor button." And it cuts to the guy <laughs> with the sensor button. Uh huh. And he and he's like, "You really fucked up, Jen." And the guy hits the sensor button too late. I, I don't know. Again, part of what I think delighted me about that is I don't know what the rules are for British censorship. Right. So I don't know what's allowed. Yeah. So it's like, wait, what the hell? Yeah. I thought that the rule was they had to bleep it. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I have no idea. Um. Yeah. Uh, that That's my favorite scene with him because it's so like, well, oop. Okay, I guess that there we here we yep. are. That segues into one one of my remaining notes, which is that the prop comedy in this mm-hmm. is just a plus. Mm-hmm. The so Kevin had watched a few episodes of this, and he was like, "I don't know, you might like it." It wasn't really for me. The laugh track bothered him. Yep. Um, I feel By the like way, it, real quick, laugh track. Ninety nine percent invisible basically hosted a new show called Decoder Ring. Okay. Um on one unreleased episode about the laugh track and basically how it was there. And then all of a sudden it was super out of date and basically how sports night was the transition between the two. Oh, really? And like how the first season of sports night has a laugh track and it's like real awkward. And then they like phased it out and like got it lower and lower and lower until they just didn't okay. have it anymore. Um, this was 2006. The office not having a laugh track was a revolutionary thing, so right. it makes sense that this had a laugh track. Yeah. But, yeah, sorry. It, yeah, that does. Yeah. Um, But, so, I wasn't quite, I was like, okay, well, you know, James and Ben and Mike and all have been talking about this and saying that I should watch it, so I'm going to watch it. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect going in. Yeah. And one of the opening scenes is Chris O'Dowd sitting there, like, eating a pastry or something, and the phone is ringing. Yeah. And he's just ignoring it, and he finishes his pastry... And he licks all of his fingers on that hand. And then he licks all of the fingers on the other hand. And then he reaches and you think he's going to pick up the phone. But no, he goes for like his glass of water or something. Yeah. And then he answers the phone. Yeah. I was howling. Yeah. It was so good. That type of comedy is my favorite. That and like the dry, sarcastic, reactionary comedy. Yeah. That is my bread and butter, and I love it. And this show has, it is 50% the kind of comedy that I really like. Yes. And 50% completely over the top, which is totally hit or miss for me. Right. Just depending on the actor and the circumstance and so forth. Boy, Chris O'Dowd uh, really improves in how he delivers lines at all over the course of the first season. Uh Uh-huh. His first scenes, like, no, what you just said absolutely yeah masterful mm-hmm. wonderfully blocked feels like a director was sort of like do this in the exact way ham right. it up take your time don't get the phone whatever right when he starts to speak i mean in its first episode whatever right. first episode of friends is the same like we're telling jokes now oh boy let's ease up on how much we're telling jokes yeah. he's almost at the beginning, he almost is angry yeah. all the time. Yeah. He's always yelling. Yeah. He always is just a little too intense. And I get where he was going with that, 
but I'm glad that he got some more dimension later mm-hmm. on. Because that one dimensional, I am the angry IT guy, just turn it off and on and stop calling me, right. was going to get old real quick. Um, Especially compared to Moss. Who, who is... Just has... Like, every time I think I haven't figured out, it turns out I don't. Um, As I recall from... Like, he becomes... Roy becomes whatever... Like yeah. he's fine. He's he, he continues to be fine. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I recall that Moss gets about fifty percent better, even more than he is. Okay. Like I think I think Moss continue. I think they continue to be like, oh, Moss is this. Moss is what this show is. Dial it up a little bit. Like not to a point where it's like, oh boy. Right. But to a point where it's like more of a Moss episode right. than anyone else, which is fine by me yes um there are moments i love him as the secondary character who sometimes gets to take the reins mm-hmm. the, like my favorite moss moments are the ones where he's been so first episode of season two he's basically been a secondary character the whole episode and then all of a sudden he's tending bar and it was <sighs> such a moment of brilliance for him it was an excellent, like, I mean, he was clearly the best part of that whole episode. That episode made me so uncomfortable in so many ways. Not, like, it made me uncomfortable because there were so many things where I was like, oh, you can't do that now and shouldn't have done it then. But I was also uncomfortable because there were a lot of things that I laughed at. There, I think it was definitely walking a line. It was definitely a season premiere. Like, you can yeah. tell that it was a season premiere, and it yeah. was like, a season two, let's do it. Yeah. I think Family Guy could have done all... I could could have done that episode. Yeah. It wouldn't have been as funny because live action... And like you said in the in your message, prop the prop comedy on that remained yeah. excellent. I think it's interesting, Moss's contribution to that episode as compared to the rest of the contribution the rest of the cast contribution yeah because you're like see what moss is doing see how he's not being problematic in any way yeah and it's still the funniest part of this episode yep that and it wasn't the fault of the cast it was the fault of the writers now i okay so there's a new guy that jen is potentially interested in right who comes down to the it department to talk to her Invites her to a play. Right. And wants to borrow her heat magazine. And wants to borrow her heat magazine. I don't know what that is. I want to say it's something like Cosmo. it's like a Cosmo. Okay. Yeah. Although, no, I think it might be, what's a Cosmo but for like celebrity gossip? Us Weekly? Maybe like Us Weekly. Okay. Yeah. That that makes more sense. Like yeah. an Us Weekly or an OK Magazine or yeah. a Star. Yeah, something like that. I'm getting like progressively right. yeah. tr- like trashier I, and less I feel, reputable. I feel like if you if you hit that sweet spot between Us Weekly and OK, yeah. I think that's where I'd put heat. Okay. Again, UK listeners, we're reaching out to you this, this week. Correct, Correct us, us on this. <laughs> yeah. Also, you're going to need to know both American and British connotations of magazines. So right. thanks in advance. Yeah. <laughs> So he comes down to, ends up inviting her to the theater. He's got some friends who were in a play. Right. And somehow, I don't remember the specifics, but somehow Moss and Roy also get themselves invited. Because Moss mossed it. 
He well, thought, yeah, he, he thought he was being invited because the guy was looking at him. But Even though he wasn't, he was. But yeah, so basically, Moss is like, "I've never been to the theater." And yeah. the guy's like, okay, well, you can come too. And Roy's like, well, I want to come. Don't yeah. leave me out. So they all go to the theater. Because Roy found out that some 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 actress right, was some in Right, some actress it. that he liked was in the play. Laura, last name of someone else. Someone who, there's an American celebrity with her last name. And I was like, Laura Knightley. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kira Knightley's Knightley British. Not, not, not She's British, not American. But I feel like we've we claimed her for a little bit. We did for a little bit. And then we sent her back. Uh-huh. Or, or she, she <laughs> or probably she, just went or back. Or she went back. Yeah. That's fine. She can have agency in that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Laura. So Laura Knightley, who I don't know if, she, if, if that is a made-up name or a real name, felt like a real name. It felt like a real name, but that might be because of Kira Knightley. Yeah. Um, so. And I feel like if, if, it, goes if because... she was a real actress, when she came on screen later, the, the laugh track would have clapped. Right. You would have had canned applause, like, whoa. Like how it turned out that German recognize. cannibal was, I think, probably a famous cellist. Yeah. That was a good episode. That's my other note. Yeah. Um, not about being a famous cellist, but yeah. about um, that episode. Yeah, okay. But yeah. yeah, so they go to the theater, and the whole time, Ross and, Ross and Moy. Ross and Moy. <laughs> Ross and Moy are telling Jen, who I almost just called Beth. Okay. So I'm in alternate universe land over here. So Roy and Moss are telling Jen this whole day. They're like, that dude's gay. Because he came back for the Heat magazine. Yeah. It wasn't just a, I, I want an excuse to talk to you. Let me get that magazine. Oh, I talked to you. Now I can leave. He came back for the Heat magazine, which, right. which they said definitely means that he's gay. Right. Also, he's friends with theater people. Right. They made a big deal out of the fact that he has friends who are doing theater. I don't know if they knew it was a musical at the time. Right. Now, okay. Let's pause here for a sec. Sure. I think that it's important not to confuse awful characters with awful television programming. I concur. I think that the makers of this show subverted what Roy and Moss were saying by having Richmond come out and grab the Heat magazine. Okay. Now, they didn't establish that Richmond wasn't gay until the dinner party episode. And they or at least real, by. Actually, yeah, we they have not established Richmond's sex, sexuality, but he does have sex with a woman later on. But right. he also woke up in bed next to Denim Renum. That's true. So they go to the theater, and it tur- and the whole time... Jen, who I keep wanting to call Beth, and I don't know why. She must look like somebody named Beth or who played a character named Beth. I don't know. Yeah. She is trying to figure out if this guy who's... I keep... Well, I don't remember his name. Was it James? I feel like it started with a J. I don't remember. We'll call him the guy. Yeah. So she's trying to figure out if this guy is gay. And they get to the theater, and it turns out that the play is a musical... And it is called Gay, colon, a gay musical. All right. And, and the, the uh, poster is a nude man curled into the fetal position on top of like a Grecian pedestal or something. Right. It's over the top. Mm-hmm. I don't think the musical being called gay, a gay musical and the joke being that Roy and Moss are, well, actually they subverted again. We, we, yeah. We'll get to that later. That Roy, at the very least, is intimidated by that name for laughs. I think is still not... 
not necessarily problematic. I think having it called gay, a gay musical is fine. Right. I think that's funny. That makes like that pokes fun at a lot of stereotypes of musical theater in a way that I don't think is necessarily harmful. And it's like, from the perspective of a heterosexual IT employee, it's the worst possible situation. Right. And like later when there's like crowd work and stuff. Right. Crowd work that finds it, that is now pointed at you and the house lights are up and the person is talking. Like... It's an it's an escalation. Yes. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right. Actually, I don't think that there's necessarily anything wrong with almost any of the gay stuff. I feel like that was all done kind of tongue-in-cheek. Yes. More poking fun at, like, the musical theater community, but kind of from within the musical theater community. Yeah. Like, yeah, we know the stereotypes yeah. about us. Yeah. Let's just lean into it a bit. Right. That element of it, I did not have a problem with. Right. There is actually... There, the, there's a moment later on that I... The, the very last little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. That I do have yeah. a problem with, but yeah. we'll get there yeah. soon. Yeah. So. So they go into this musical. Yeah. And as James said, there is some crowd... Uh, participation. participation. Audience participation. And they... Call out Roy and Moss. Right. And Roy kind of like sinks into his seat and is clearly uh, uncomfortable. And the actor is talking to Moss, who's just talking back to him. Which is... The way Moss does. Somebody is speaking to him, so he is speaking back. Yeah. In a very matter-of-fact way about how I've never really been to the theater before. So I don't really... I didn't really know what to expect. Yeah. the And the guy implies that Roy and Moss are Oh, are together. a couple. Yeah. Right. That's right. That's and and Moss is like, oh no, we're not together. We're just work colleagues. Right. And Roy is just mortified. Yeah. And the, yeah, exactly. And so they so it's intermission. They go out to the lobby, and Roy is like, "What the fuck were you doing, engaging with him?" And Moss was like, "Well, he was talking to me. I couldn't be rude and ignore him." Right. Which is absolutely correct. And it would have and it would have been worse. To like, and I think Moss says this. It would have been much worse to not engage with yeah. him, and I agree with that. Yeah, um, they both have to go you, go use go the, the loo. Bathroom. Yes, so they go into <laughs> the main one, and there's a dude. There's a a a, a bathroom attendant there. Uh huh. Who the, is just a grumpy looking old man who's like glaring at them while they're trying to pee and so you know there's the shot of them at the urinal doing their business they go wash their hands they each tip him a pound yeah and they leave and Roy turns to Moss and goes did you go and Moss goes god no I couldn't go with him looking at me and Roy's like okay me either I'm gonna go use the disabled yeah and this is where this episode really falls apart for me. okay well actually I for me it had a little bit longer because oh not in that exact moment yeah, yeah. but yeah. This is the beginning of this the, is the, the beginning of the end for me. Um, Moss asks if that is if that is even legal, which <laughs> is which is that's funny. That's still funny because it's like, I mean, of it's like course saying, it, is it okay for like when you go into a place that has like a single occupancy women's room and a single occupancy men's room? Like, of course, it's legal to use the, the men's room right. if the women's room is occupied and you're desperate. I mean, 
it's maybe not polite. Right. But it's not illegal. Right. And it, and the same goes for handicapped restrooms. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I think that that was still fine. That was fine. So Roy is using, has used the restroom and is trying to flush the toilet by, by pulling a cord. Pulling a chain from the ceiling. This is still, we're still fine. We're still fine. It's not flushing. It's not flushing. He looks up and realizes it's labeled emergency. <laughs> we're still, we're still okay. We're fine. We're like, they can pull this up. It's, it's, it's in a, it's in a nervous area. Uh-huh. There's still humor. Like the reveal of that. Very funny. Yeah. Well, and him being locked in the bathroom with the theater staff outside banging on the door, asking him if he's okay. Fine. He's right. pulled, you know, he's lit the emergency button. Right. It makes sense that they would come make sure that the person in there pulling the cord is at, is fine. Right. However. Okay, here we go. They break down the door and find him lying on the floor. He tells them that he's disabled and his wheelchair has been stolen because he doesn't want a cop to being an able-bodied person using the disabled toilet. Ugh. And that was the that was the point where I was like like my skeleton left my body and I was like I don't know if I can even watch the rest of this episode. So all right. I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a sec. Okay. I get what they were shooting for. I get what they were shooting for and we do have to remember this was 2006. Right. Which doesn't make it okay. It's not an excuse, it is an explanation. Right. I think I understand I feel like this could have been a segment of an episode of Seinfeld. Okay. And I feel like there was a an edginess to, and that that is me coming to it from someone who has watched some Seinfeld and is not a Seinfeld fan. I have never seen an episode of Seinfeld. I have seen bits and pieces of a handful of episodes. I am not the one to advocate for Seinfeld because I have seen it. There are funny parts I could take or leave it. Um, that said, it, it did win an Emmy one year, so there is a season of Seinfeld that I will watch in its entirety of at course. some point in my life. So, <laughs> um, I think that they they were going for what's the worst situation that could happen if you wanted to use the disabled bathroom. Right. As a stand-up bit, it still doesn't work. Nope. No. Nope. It still doesn't work. Because you're saying, isn't it silly? Yeah. Because it it, almost, it's just, so, it's so offensive to it, take, a, to pretend to have a problem that you don't have, that actual right. real people deal with. Right. And try to make humor out of someone else's suffering. It, I feel like, okay, Not so, that being in a wheelchair is necessarily the suffering, but like, you know, having your wheelchair stolen while you're using the toilet. Right. I would I would constitute that as suffering. Um, I'm gonna spoil some Arrested Development here for a sec. Go listen to the uh, Arrested Development episode on uh, of YFIP when it comes out. I think next week. Oh, okay. Um, that's right. Yeah, they did say they were gonna do that. Um. So, but spoilers for part of season one of of Arrested Development. Julia Louis Dreyfus, Seinfeld connection. Uh -huh. The chain remains unbroken. <laughs> um, plays a blind lawyer. Right. I do remember this. Who isn't blind. Right. And she fakes being blind for strategy, basically. Right. 
Because people underestimate her because she's blind. Right. Because she's blind, again, air quotes. Right. It feels similar. It yeah. feels it feels in the same zone. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, there's at no point, there's at no, well, let me think. I don't think that, that he, Roy is at any point making fun of no. being, being disabled. No, and he is really uncomfortable with the situation that he has put himself in. He I'm knows, not going to say that he's found himself in because he did this to himself. It fe- okay, again, Seinfeld chain remains unbroken. It maybe wasn't, it doesn't feel like a Seinfeld episode. It maybe feels like a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. Now, again, I've not seen much, I've not, I've seen much more Seinfeld than I've seen Curb Your Enthusiasm. Curb Your Enthusiasm is not my style of humor. Cringe. I've heard of it, but that is literally all I know. I have to really like the person that's making me cringe and Larry David does not do anything for me in terms of humor. Okay. It's fine. He was great on SNL. That's all I need to do. Um... It feels like a situation that Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm might find himself in or a similar situation where he knows it's wrong. We know it's wrong. Everyone knows it's wrong. It's a bad situation. And yet here we are. Right. It's so like, I feel like it's, here's it not working. Right. And again, whatever. This is, this is for you. And then right next to it is something that I think the writers of the show were like, here's what we're going for. Here's where we are. Is this close enough? This works. This doesn't. We're so close. I'm not sure there is a way that this could have worked. I don't think so either. For I, me. I feel like there was something that they were going for. And they, I feel like they, they just, they grazed it. But I don't think you're ever going to hit the right. mark they were going for. So... Basically, it escalates to where he's given a wheelchair that someone that the theater happens to have on hand. He's he's like hooked up with a group like another group of disabled theater goers who like arrived together. And while all this is happening, Moss has decided he can't hold it anymore. He's going to use the staff toilet. Right. I'm not quite sure how in Moss's mind that's not also not allowed. It's it isn't. It's the same. That's what I'm saying. The Moss finds himself in it's ex, it's an identical situation. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. Only what Moss does isn't problematic, right? And what Roy does is in the exact. They do the same plot. They do, and it works with Moss, and it doesn't work with Roy. And maybe that's what the writers were going for. So yeah. basically, a, an actual staff member tries to get into the staff bathroom, and the door's locked. Yeah. And he knocks, and Moss is like, "Just a minute." And the guy's like, hey, this is the staff toilet. You can't just be using this. And Moss is like, I am staff. Right. And so he comes out of the the bathroom and the guy is standing there and he's like, are you just goofing around in there? Come on, get in uniform. <laughs> and they exit stage right. And right. we see probably more of Roy being... Awkward and uncomfortable, or it may be Jen at the cast party at this point. I'm not sure. So right now, I think, is where... No, it is, because they do this three times. There's a shot of Roy in his wheelchair being slowly lifted up onto the bus. Right. Which is funny. It because is because he's has... so slow and he has the worst, the most sheepish look on his face. It's not even sheepish. He looks pained. Yeah. 
He look like he knows he screwed up. He does not know how to get out of the situation, and he is finding himself in a wheelchair, being put on a bus right. to go to wherever this group of people <laughs> came from. Right. We find out later. <laughs> then they say that they told the cast about it. And the cast is going to give them tickets for... Or they're going to do another show. No, they get to go to the cast party. Yeah, they get to go to the cast party. And then they get to go to the same show the next night. Right. Which, of course, is funny. I don't be- know if it's the whole group or just Roy. I think it's the whole the whole group because of... Oh, no, maybe because not. Because Roy is the one who missed Act 2. Right. Because he was right. indisposed, we'll so, say. Once again... It's like it works on paper because he's in a bad situation and the the inciting incident is now coming back around. He doesn't want to be at this play and now he has through his awful situation found himself invited back for a second right. performance. So then they get to go to the cast party so they start lowering it back down very very slowly right. and that is again funny. Right. There are Elements of this that work and then... And, and then, again, it's the prop comedy. The prop yeah, comedy yeah, works. Yes. The situational humor is not humorous to me. <sighs> yep. So so we no, get yeah. so we get to the cast party and who's behind the bar but Moss. Tending bar. He doesn't work at the theater, but he said he did. So, so he's tending bar. Jen is at the cast party because her buddy is there. Right, with and, his friends in the show. And he said, oh, hold on. We got some special guests that are going to be here. And in in rolls Roy and uh, the other wheelchair-bound patrons. Uh Uh-huh. And Jen is like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, and Roy is basically just doing like the, like with his eyes. Pretend you don't know me. Pretend you do not know me. I don't know how I got in this mess. You know, Roy. You know exactly how you got in this mess. So... One of Jen's date's friends was like the publicity guy for the play. Yeah. And he had met the whole group prior to the play starting. Yeah. So he comes in and sees Roy in a wheelchair. Oh, wait, hold on before before oh. that. So Jen sees Roy in the wheelchair and then um, she's going to go get a drink and she turns around. And so it's she's just seen Roy. She turns right. around and she's like, I'd like a white wine, I think is what she asked yeah. for. And Moss, in the perfect, like, bartender, English bartender, like, white wine, man. Uh-huh. Like, Moss is totally in it. And so Jen is the is the audience right. substitute here. And so she gets to, once again, be like, what? what the hell is going on with you? So, okay. But clearly one of these works. <laughs> right. Right. So, I mean, okay. So then so- her friend comes in. Her her date's friend comes right. in and is teasing Roy about, oh man, you know, you, did you get tired? Why are you in a wheelchair? And, you Irish are oh, all, oh, yeah, always yeah. so there's funny. A big, yeah, Chris O'Dowd's Irish. And so there was a whole big thing about Roy being Irish. And and like and, the, all my Irish friends are so crazy. Oh, you crazy Irishmen. Yeah. And so all of the theater staff get really offended, like really mad at this guy for what they think is making fun of a guy in a wheelchair. No, then because he tries to pull the one of the other patrons out of the chair. Oh yeah, and not and the other patron actually needs his wheelchair and right. falls. Right. That nothing ever is resolved with Nothing's that. Nothing's ever resolved with that. I Presumably assume they get him fired. back into his chair and he's fine. And then that and then that guy is Oh fired. and that guy's fired or at least severely reprimanded? Yeah. I don't know. So Moss tries to do a cool Tom Cruise and cocktail flip with a glass and just shatters it. That may actually happen during the cre- like the end credits. It happens both times. 
time. Oh, it just happens a bunch. He just no, keeps shattering. He knocks glasses. an entire rack oh, of glasses right. down, and then in the in the credits, they, sometimes they'll have Moss just doing stuff just doing while the Moss credits things. roll. Yeah, he does it again. Yeah, okay. Because at the end, he's like. Carol, blah, 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 Margaret, stay out of trouble. Try and make me. <laughs> oh, Margaret. Yeah. And then he, he just turns around and runs into the glasses again. <laughs> That's right. Um, so Roy, you know, the cast party has wrapped up. Roy meets Laura Knightley. Right. Who takes a picture with him for the paper. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he looks as uncomfortable as he should. Right. So then he's back in his chair being raised on the little platform that raises him up into the bus. Same face. Same. same I would imagine, I would imagine that they just, they went ahead and filmed all three of those scenes. Yeah. Or even just reused footage. Maybe. Except that the lines were different because <laughs> right. they say something about, okay, you know, we're off to Manchester. Right. Now I don't know where the IT crowd takes place. I, I assume London. London. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. That is a, Four hour and fifteen minute drive. Oof! So Roy, in a bus. So Roy we're talking his, five hours. Yeah, Roy in his wheelchair is on a minimum five hour bus ride to Manchester. So we finally have Roy off screen. Which, by the way, that's funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Finding yourself in a situation where you are getting on a bus to Manchester and don't feel like you have any way to get out of it without being really awkward yeah. is funny. Yeah. So and then Jen is walking out with her date. Right. Question mark? Right. They have this whole conversation where... She's trying to ask him if he... if She basically was says... Was this a date? She said... Well, she said... Right. Was this a date? Also, are you gay? Her implica- her, her strategy for doing this is... I didn't really like that play. And he's like, oh, really? Wow, I really liked it a lot. I liked every single thing. And she's like, I know. Because this guy is laughing at absolutely every single thing that happens. Any reference to being gay, about being gay, whatever, he is dying laughing. Her dialogue on this, she kept calling it like the gay stuff or the gay references. Right. It it hit a little too hard for me. And that's not her fault necessarily. Yeah. That was the writers trying to make a point, but it didn't. Right. So she it didn't sit well with me. And she is her implication is maybe you can only appreciate this if you are gay. Are you gay? Right. Right. And so but it's a scene that lasts about twice as long as maybe it should have. Right. And not in the family guy way where it lasts to it's, the point where it's not funny and then it becomes funny again. Right. It just wasn't funny. There were there were unnecessary parts of the dialogue. Yeah. Whatever. So then how it should have ended in my mind is him being like, what? No, you're awful. What? That, that yeah. can, I can like gay theater and be straight. It's fine. Right. Exactly. End scene. That's where it should have ended. However. Then that is when he realizes that he has been hiding that he actually is gay. He bursts into tears, collapses on her shoulder. Yeah. And it's just awkward and icky. But then we get the credits of Moss knocking over a bunch of glasses again. Well, we also get the implication that Roy is picked up by a bald, mustachioed, gay, wheelchair guy. We do, yeah. And that all of the people in wheelchairs are all gay. Oh, 
I didn't get that it, necessarily. There was definitely like a like a. But at that point, I had like mentally left the room. Yeah. So. So I feel like this is a situation where it's like the sum of its like all of the parts. Almost all of the parts are things that you could say, yeah, f- funny, funny situation, funny situation, funny situation, and then there's one element of oh really yeah that sours all all of it, of it. yeah. I think that, that that was just a miss. There were and so there are a handful of things throughout these two seasons. Season one specifically had a lot of like, you know, women in the workplace, am I right? Kind of jokes. The type of stuff that I know Ben and Mike have talked about on Back to the Futurama yeah. with like, you know, women and driving, am I right? right? Just like, you know, early two thousands, kind of gross misogynistic. It's not well, there's the whole... It's the, nothing... Like, it's stuff that, like, I can laugh at it. Like, there has been some stuff where I'm like, that's kind of misogynistic, but at the same time, There's a part where funny. Roy comes in and Jen is crying and he says, come on, you bitch. I'm like, Jesus, yeah. what? Yeah. The only other episode that I particularly want to talk about is the German cannibal one. I really love the German cannibal episode. So cartoony but in a way that makes so it... so well. Moss answers basically like a craigslist ad right for someone who is teaching german cooking right and so moss is going to go to a cooking class and jen is so proud of him he's branching out he's meeting new people moss shows up at this guy's house and in the most mossish way it comes out that this guy is actually a cannibal and and in a translation error he 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 put i want to cook with you but he meant I want to cook you and eat you. Yes. Based on true a true life event. What? Someone literally put an ad that said, "Will you volunteer to let me eat you?" Ew. Yep. I believe I don't remember what the resolution was. I Listeners, ha- help me out on this one. I hope that it's very much like this where Moss is like, "Oh, silly me. I misunderstood." It's so I'm not on board with being eaten. Yeah. And, and so, and hey, the German, consent was 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 huge yeah, in this. Yeah, and the German guy's like, you know what? That's fine. You want to watch a movie? I have Ocean's Eleven. Original remake. Right. So they watch a movie. So Moss is telling Jen about this the next morning when she's like, "How's your cooking class?" And Moss is like, "Oh, funny, funny st- story. It turns <laughs> out he didn't want to teach me to cook. He wanted to cook and eat me." And Roy and Jen are like. That's illegal yeah. and horrifying. And why did you, like, I hope you got out of there. And Moss is like, no, we watched Ocean's Eleven. To which Roy says. Original remake. And Jen is like, how is that the most important <laughs> part of this story? So Moss is telling them about this guy's awesome theater setup, how he's got a really big TV. And Roy's like, well, I still haven't had a chance to watch my Quentin Tarantino Japanese zombie movie. Yeah. Oh, no, Korean zombie movie. I'm sorry. It was Korean, not Japanese. Right. I think it was also Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino produced, but it's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's it's It doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. So basically they concoct a plan where Moss is going to bring Roy over to this guy's house. They're going to watch the movie. They're, he's going to bring Roy over under the guise of Roy being willing to be cannibalized. Right. They're going to watch the movie. And then Roy will change his mind. Everybody will have a good laugh and they will leave. Yeah. And this starts out okay. The plan is being executed basically as expected. Yeah. And then the anti-piracy 
thing at the beginning of the DVD comes on. And the German guy is like, oh, these anti-piracy ads. And Moss and Roy are like, right? Because that was a thing from earlier in the episode that we forgot to mention. A brilliant send-up of those anti-piracy ads. Yes. And Um, then all of a sudden, the cops bust in. I really like, really quick though, uh, Roy offers the guy a snack. And the guy's like, "Mm, no, I'm going to save room for later. Yeah. Which is a dark joke. Oh, yeah. But really, really funny. Really funny. So then the cops bust in. And they take them all to the police station, or at least they take Ross and Moy to the police. Ross and Moy? I keep doing it. The title of this episode is absolutely Ross and Moy. Of course. Moss and Roy to the police station, where they sit in the little interrogation room, and the guy comes in, and he's like, where did you get this DVD? You know piracy is illegal, right? (laughs) And Moss and Roy are like, yeah, but are you not concerned that we might be cannibals? And the guy's like... No, not my department. Not my department. And they're like, okay, well, the guy whose house we were at is an actual cannibal. He's so like, he says he'll get somebody on that. I'll look into it, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and that's basically the end of the episode. Then yeah. we see the German cellist cannibal playing cello. Playing the the IT crowd theme. Oh, is that what on he was cello. playing? Yeah. Um, and then he stands up to audience applause, which makes me think that he was sort he of a must... yo-yo ma sort of. Yeah, or like when a... Uh... It wasn't Mikhail Baryshnikov, was it, who was on the sixth season of Sex and the City? City? Mm-hmm. It was him? Yeah. Okay. Was he sixth season? I feel like it was like fifth season. I think it was fifth and sixth. Oh, you're right. Because remember in season six, she goes to Paris right. with him. With him. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I just, sometimes I have a little bit of pride that I watched that with Kristen that I can now. I love that show so much. Again, has its problems. Certainly. I mean, 2005, 2006. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that was a problematic time in media. hmm I do like to think that even back then, if I had seen the work trip episode, I would have cringed and been really uncomfortable with the faking disabled right. to avoid getting in trouble for using the disabled toilet storyline. I recall watching that episode, and I'm not proud of it, but I recall laughing fairly hard. I mean, I laughed I th- at stuff, just not that particular yeah, storyline. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think I, I think I specifically recall laughing at the sheepish look on his face as the wheelchair. Oh, I, I mean, I laughed at that yeah. because it was a brilliantly acted moment. Yeah. But I was laughing at it as I was like, "This is a bad." Yeah. I also the the trope of this whole situation could be avoided if you just said, "Oh no, I'm sorry." My bad. Or, oh, no, I'm sorry, you misunderstood me. Like, if you just own up to the fact that this is not, like, the situation that all these other people think is happening. Right. If you just own up to the fact that that's not what's happening, yeah, yeah, it might be a little awkward in the moment where they're like, but you were in. And they have the stakes of of Jen basically having the ever-present don't embarrass me sort of thing. Which is whatever. Mission accomplished. Um, right. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so I think we should we should wrap it up. Yeah. I think we should uh, have this be part one, and we should watch 3-4 in the movie. Sure. And do a, do a part two later yeah. in the year. I'm interested to see how the later seasons stack up, um, problematic-wise. I recall them being more... I can recall there's a sports... Roy and Moss decide to get into sports at okay. one point. Two fantastic results. Okay. Um, and then uh, I can recall like one or other, one or two other things. Yeah. I don't think that they tried to be as edgy. Yeah. In later seasons, but let's let's come back to this and and talk about seasons three and four and the movie in another episode. Yeah. Probably not 
too long from now. Yeah. Late June? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. So, we'll see you guys in, you know, a month or so. And so do pennies. Well... We have social we media. We have social media we should probably talk about. Um, we have the aforementioned uh, Unabashedly Obsessed with Unabashedly Obsessed Facebook group, which is a basically where we hang out most of the time, I would say. Yep. Um, we have Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our podcast Twitter is at UFO Podcast. You decide what the F stands for. Today, the F stands for... Flies, dead flies. Flies, dead flies. Yes. Two of them. Right. Um, individually, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at unabashedly Aaron. I am at unabashed James. We have a Patreon. It is patreon.com slash unabashedly obsessed. Come check it out. See if any of the tiers appeal to you. I have set us up for Discord and I posted about that. Stop setting us up with more social media. Our social media is going to end up taking up half the episode. Here's the deal. There's a post about Discord on the Patreon. Join if you want. I'll be there a little bit occasionally if it becomes a thing where people are enjoying being there i'll set it up more robustly for now we're going to leave it as just a general chat area but i've envisioned and it's like, for patrons only correct uh yeah so far as of right now uh the link is only available for people that are patrons cool um if if it gets to be a thing i can imagine separate chat rooms for like a stephen king chat room yeah or whatever but for right now it's just gonna be the one general bland vanilla chat room come talk in there probably just to me okay <laughs> um we have an email unabashedlyobsessed at gmail.com we have a merch store should you want our cartoon faces on some stuff yes cafepress.com slash unabashedlyobsessed it's a meme and um <laughs> <laughs> i think it's oh, a stream meme a live a st- stream meme i love it do you uh-huh. your face you're, you're like I, I said your face got real big your whole face didn't actually grow in size but Man, did your features and get that, real big. And that day, James' face grew two sizes bigger. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Uh, I think that's it for social media. Uh, we just have left to thank uh, Jamie Shaheen for our theme song, Did You Guys Know There Was a Ladder Down Here? You can find Jamie and his band on YouTube by searching A Silent Few. Thank you also to Emily Cardamus for our logo art. You can find Emily on Twitter at Corrupted Gem and on Tumblr at artfulhypothesis.tumblr.com. Everyone, this has been a brilliant episode of Unabashedly Obsessed. Uh, throw a, a U in the middle of the word obsessed if you can. And, well, because of British spelling. Not into the middle of it. Obsessed. You want to, no, you want to put it right after the O. Oh, oh yeah. Obsessed. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, Maybe, do we want to tack an O on at the beginning of Unabashedly? Uh-huh. Unabashedly Obsessed. <laughs> Governor? Um, well... <laughs> I'm James. I'm Aaron. Smoking kills. And so do pennies. And pounds and pence.